Welcome back to the Goldmine Podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon Group of Podcasts. This is Patrick Prince, editor of Goldmine, the music collector's magazine since 1974. And you can pick up Goldmine in print at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million Stores. You can also go to goldminemag.com for exclusive content not found in the magazine. Also, we have a Goldmine store, shop.goldminemag.com, where you can find the kind of vinyl, CDs, and collectibles from the classic artists you love to collect. This episode of the Goldmine Podcast will have Candace Knight, the vocalist of Blackmore's Night, as a guest, to talk about the group's Christmas release or Christmas reissue, Winter Carols. Uh, the album is an expanded edition this year because it includes four more songs, which include I Saw Three Ships and Here We Come a Caroling, and a new song, Coventry Carol. A 16th century carol, befitting of Blackmore Knight's medieval touch. Along with Candace's beautiful ethereal voice, of course, is the musicianship of Richie Blackmore, the legendary guitarist of Deep Purple and Rainbow, who was astounding as a music arranger. All, all the many instruments, both modern and historical, arranged just right into these Christmas songs. Candace will talk more about that and the songs themselves. She'll even tell us her top five Christmas songs of all time right after this message. Candace? Hey, Patrick. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. So what made you guys think, when did the first thought of redoing this holiday album come to be? Well, you know, with with Winter Carols, we always feel like this is sort of our perennial gift to yes. to everyone. Like it's it's just one of those albums that never gets old. It's just you know, it's this time of year. We have so many people, friends, family, uh, fans for sure, that are like, you know what, this is the soundtrack to my holiday season. Um, you know, so as soon as we start getting the the Christmas decorations out, this is the song that goes on a lot of people. These the the songs. Uh, the album that goes on a lot of people's uh, streaming devices or, you know, record if you have, you know, the vinyls of them or, um, you know, so everyone seems to just have this as the soundtrack to their holidays and they do it every single year. So every year we're like, you know what, what can we add to it that will really, you know, make it sort of new, make it sort of fresh and breathe some new life into it. So we thought it would be a good idea to add some of the live versions that we did here in Minstrel Hall in our home and also, um, before before the whole lockdown COVID thing happened, we were planning on doing a whole new um, Christmas CD. We actually got got shut down with that before we could do more than five songs. But uh, last year we put out a four track EP, um, which had a bunch of songs on it for for people for the holidays because no you couldn't release anything properly. So um, you know we had the record company just put that out almost like as a gift for the fans. And then we still had one other song that we had done that was in the can. So um, we put all five of those tracks that hadn't been attached to Winter Carols before, and we remixed it and remastered it and, uh, and just wanted to give it back out to everyone to, to be able to have all of these songs for their, their holiday season. So, but you know, it's, it's our, one of our favorite times of year. I mean, I, I we kind of bounce back and forth between Halloween being one of our favorite times of year, but Christmas is that you know, just that warm, beautiful, family oriented, just great feeling. There's such a magic in the air. And it's just, 
we don't get caught up in the stress and the pressure of it. We don't get caught up in the commercialism. We just go right back to grassroots and, and the simplicity and the beauty of the season and what it was meant to be in the first place and all that love and the blessings of appreciating what's what's around you and, and getting back to family time and, and just kind of celebrate that through music. So for us, it's a really important time of year. And I thought it was important to, to put this back out for, for people to have in a new form with new songs and remastered. You're right, because I was looking at the original release date. I didn't realize it was that long ago because you're right it is sort of it feels new each year yeah it's kind of timeless and you know richie always he's so funny he, he has this um he always tells me the same thing he says you know smoke on the water was re-released by warner three times before anybody ever paid any attention to it yes. <laughs> back in the day he said so if it was only released that one time it would have kind of gone into obscurity but look at what it is now um you know that's just as a side issue but you know the fact that we we keep putting it out each year we obviously you know we we've kind of fall into our own genre but i feel like this time of year it's such a great time for us because we don't fall down that hole of um people not knowing where to where to put us, whether it's in Renaissance or rock or pop or folk or because we do a little bit of everything. This is the time of year where you turn on the radio stations and you hear everybody singing about shining stars and little lambs and things like that. So it's like, okay, we fit into this time of year. It's not only like our personal, you know, situation, but also the music is, it's kind of more widely accepted to be able to do songs that are, are kind of different than what you would normally hear, you know, on the radio for the rest of the year. So it seems like Winter Carols just is timeless and fits into you're, this play. You're absolutely right. It, it's more of an authentic feel. I mean, I think of you know songs like i saw three ships yes. and what my favorite is here we come a caroling which is one of those songs that you said is is added on the on side uh, two of the cd i think that's one of the best uh, christmas songs i've heard I'll because it is sounds so authentic like i saw three ships it sounds so authentic without the standard studio orchestration and you know i like all those old christmas songs right but it just feels like this this would be something played hundreds of years ago um makes it feel a little more special when i tell you beggars who beg from door to door but we are neighbors children who you have seen before love and joy come to you and to your wassail too and god bless you and send you a happy new year and god send you a happy new year it's, it's, it's almost hard to put into words the feeling but as long yeah. as you have that feeling like you said that authenticity the purity of it all okay. it's it's exactly exactly that totally makes do, sense. do you do all that video editing for the the songs on youtube all that uh, stuff well we we have people i lucky we have um some really good people that are are doing our videos for us but then you know they come back to me to say up oh, no at at one you know one minute 37 seconds you have a video you know a visual of this and it needs to be swapped out with that and go to shutterstock and mix it so we're we're very i'm very hands-on with a lot of this stuff and i'm usually working until about 2 30 in the morning and then up with my kids at 6 30 to get them on the bus and argue with them about waking up so <laughs> but i figure well, I I'll, I'll i'll sleep when they're in college right for about two and a half years straight i will sleep <laughs> the lyric videos are great i love those um, yes christmas ones 
I love them too. It's like kind of like you know, there's this thing called U log on television where you could just. Oh my gosh, we watch it all the time. Yeah, you could put put uh, put it on the television and listen to music, and uh, that's what I did. I I um I took the videos and I don't know what what do you call it when you uh, send it to the bigger television. you know how your phone can do that now yeah you can Standing pair it with right yeah, yeah. on the bluetooth so it was nice when i was listening you know i was listening to some of the videos like that and i, I love oh, the visuals a great idea actually yeah, yeah. Right? you're giving me ideas it's funny because we but, usually normally just kind of zone out and watch it on um <laughs> you know just in its own essence just like the yule log and just sit there you know in the den and watch yeah, it. it was like the blackmore's night yule log <laughs> That's a great idea. I love it. I love it. As a matter of fact, it's a funny story. It's funny you mentioned that. My husband, of course, who is the, you know, the, the consummate practical joker, I'm sure you probably yes. know that, you know, he's, he's, he's historical for that. Um, we were in Germany and in Germany at this time of year, they have a bunch of different relaxing scenes like that. Like one channel on television will have snow falling over a beautiful Indel market. And it's so relaxing. One will have this, this train. It's like an old fashioned steam train. And it's like, you're on the train and it just goes around, you know, like these winding tracks and through beautiful, uh, like almost like the Austrian Alps. And it's, it's absolutely gorgeous, but totally relaxing. And, and then another channel is the Yule log. So one night we were on tour and he was watching the Yule log and he decides my, my husband, you know, of course he's been touring since he was probably 16 years old. So he's used to living on the road and you get bored when you're in a hotel room and all the hotel rooms look the same. And, you know, you, there's not much going on. And so he always keeps a very colorful character with him as his personal, uh, personal, not even a security guard. He's just basically <laughs> like, like someone to keep it interesting. Yeah. So, um, it's almost like going down the rabbit hole and you've, you're kind of talking to the Mad Hatter and the Cheshire Cat and, you know, like a little bit of madness that's mixed into the influx in here in, in, in the mix. And so he calls up um, his, his friend, his roadie, who's his personal, who's probably about two doors down from us. And it's about two o'clock in the morning. And he's like, look, you've got to, you've got to put on the station. The Yule log is on. And when you're here in Germany, if you can find the hidden pictures in the Yule log, then you can win like a really good amount of Euro, which of course you can trade in for dollars, like $500. If you see the pictures in the Yule log, none of this is true. Right. So this guy is now sitting there on our, our hotel phone going, Oh, I see what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I see Rocky and Bullwinkle here and Buddy Holly's face over here. And he's snapshotting them and, and circling them and sending them to my email. And we're hysterical laughing because this guy thinks he's actually like winning <laughs> monetary prizes in the faces and the things that he's seeing in the in the Yulog flames, which don't actually exist except for in his head. So <laughs> it's like just, you know. It helps to ease the boredom of the road, I guess. You the start. abstract U-log where you can see me. <laughs> now that I've said that, you're going to be looking for the faces in the flames. It's, it's an interesting thing. I still am wondering what he was drinking at that point to see all those faces in the flame. Well, he didn't, he didn't win, so. <laughs> no, exactly. I think we won just from laughing so exactly. hard. It was better than Euros. <laughs> Do you guys research the, the songs before you decide to do them record them perform them yes of course well you know of course richie richie always tells me that he um back in the day when he was 
he was but a child. And we always say a couple of hundred years ago, <laughs> he used to actually go around caroling from neighbor to neighbor and, and they would give him pence or a shilling here and there. And um, he would have a group of friends or family members where he would actually be singing a lot of these, these Christmas songs. So that kind of brought, brought us back to even rediscovering some of these old Christmas songs, like, um, you know, that he knew from English versions, like, right. um, a little town of Bethlehem. It came upon a midnight clear. There's certain songs where even our versions of the songs that we're used to here are completely different than the way that he would sing them in England. Mm. So as far as like research is concerned, we were always, you know, we go to a lot of these medieval or Renaissance purist concerts and we hear some amazing Czech or Moravian songs or things that we still haven't approached yet. So we have an arsenal of sort of regional Christmas songs going, um, you know, uh, amazing ones that that are not commonly heard here, you know, that we were able to choose from from around the world. And we we haven't even really started doing those yet. But every year, you know, we want we do a couple more and a couple more. So um, so there's always research that are, go, you know, that's going on yeah. as far as this stuff. And there's so I much mean, to find. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at the new song, Coventry Carol, that sounds like something you know, I think you said it was from the 16th century, but it, I mean, Chaucer's time, it sounds something so, um, you know, old like that, that it was very interesting if you would find out where exactly did these songs originate from, you know? I mean, it's just, it's fascinating for a historical buff. Yes, exactly. Right. And that's, that's true. And we also, like you mentioned, we try to keep the authenticity of the song, like the purity yeah. of the song, um, without, without losing our listeners, because, you know, if you do it too purist, there's so many amazing yeah. people in Renaissance bands that are doing it in a purist fashion. And, and we don't compete with those people They They live and breathe the, the authentic music from hundreds of years ago, and they're playing it all on the original instruments. And, and for us, that that's what kind of sets us the light. We're like, wow, listen to this, this, you can really look through the veil and see how it was how they were playing it on those specific instruments hundreds of years ago. So to see so many bands doing it that way, if you try to do it like these other bands were doing it, I feel like we would almost be like this, this second rate copy of what they were doing perfectly at, at right. you know, purest form. So, and we wouldn't be able to do it anyway. So we, we infuse a lot of those instruments and a lot of that um, mindset with the shams or the recorders or the Roush fifes or the nickel harps, you know, and the hurdy gurdies and things. And, um, and then we also, of course, weave it together with a, the, a lot of the modern day instruments. And by modern day, I'm just saying, you know, like as far as guitars and they not not the guitars are 100 modern day but they certainly are in comparison to a lot of the shams and gems horns and things like that so um to have that balance between the two worlds and then you have the ethereal vocal but also making sure that the certain i mean we we keep the ethereal vocals and things like emmanuel uh silent night but then you can also build in some of these really celebratory songs with the pageantry and how bombastic they can become just yeah. to celebrate the you know the spirit of the season um, you know, so I'm getting goosebumps as I, I get so like invested in it, but like, it's really, it's the creative process and the crafting of how much heart you put into each one of these songs, I think really shines through on, on each specific individual, one of them, they are neither yeah. one, none of them are like another one that has come before them. So they're all very incredibly individual. Yeah. I you feel that rousing spirit. And I saw three ships, you know, like a bunch of guys getting around, 
you know, people dancing, drinking beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. And right. It brings you back to that time. And like Richie always says, he's like, we'll never do chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> We're going to stay far away from Bing Crosby at anything he does and we're the Mariah Carey versions of things and not to take away from people that listen to that. But right. for us, you know, for us, it's, you know, it's, it's really getting back to those hundreds of years ago and really, really feeling how it was then and, and being able to appreciate and still, you know, it, it still resonates within us and our heart and our soul now, hundreds of years later. And, and Richie's guitar playing, probably because he's influenced by classical music, just, you're right, it blends in well, you can have a, a hurdy-gurdy or an ancient kind of instrument, and then have the electric guitar playing a solo, and you're not really caught off guard. It just yeah. works, I think. Exactly. And Richie's he's, he's such a funny guy, because he's the only guitarist I've ever scene and of course i haven't been in a lot of studio sessions behind the scenes but just watching him i've never seen someone like play incredible i mean his notes are so tasty and he has no fear of putting space in between what he's playing like i know a lot of people just want to fill every every space with all of the notes that they can play but for richie it's more about the sake of of the song and the melody and i've seen him do incredible unbelievable takes um, you know, with, with different instruments and then listen back to it and say, you know what, let's take all the guitar out of that and put in recorders instead. And mm -hmm. I'm going, Oh my God, but the guitar was so great. And he's like, Nope, it's too much. Uh, that's not what the song needs. And he just looks at it in such a healthy fashion. Like he doesn't, it's not ego based, you know, it's not, Oh, listen to me. He's been there, done that. It's just beautiful in the way that he has that pure creativity for the sake of what he wants the song to do. So it's really interesting not only to watch him as a guitarist or a multi-instrumentalist, but as a composer, as a producer, it's like on, on so many different levels to see how level-headed he is when it comes to the choice of notes and the choice of instrumentation and the, and the choice of arrangements and songs. That's very true because it, uh, in his, um, his rock music, you know, I always think of him as the legendary guitarist, but Listening to Blackmore's Night, I got a greater appreciation of his skill as a musical arranger. Um, it's quite brilliant. Yeah. Um, what he picks, uh, like, here we come a caroling. I just thought that I think there's a recorder in that. It just it just made the song mm -hmm. um, the way it was placed, you know, and how it blended in with the other instruments. You know, yeah. that's not easy. That's that's a that's a Brian Wilson gift right there. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I know, and it's funny because you know between the two of us, you know, he of course is doing all the string instruments. Um, you know, so I think I mentioned them: the hurdy gurdy, the nickel harp, which is a Swedish fiddle, which is such mm. an incredible instrument. You don't, you never hear that unless you're really involved with some songs from. Uh, some bands from overseas like Nordman, things like that. Every once in a while, they they weave that into um, some of their music. Or, but it's hard to find people who can play the nickel harp. Uh, but it's got a like pegs like a hurdy gurdy has, but also it's uh, it's got a bow. So um, you're almost playing like this extended, very long sort of violin in a, in a strange sense. But it's also got pegs to it too. So he picked that up just just like breathing. It's it's amazing to listen to the sound yeah, of that. Where do you find those instruments to buy? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very difficult. That one I actually had made for him by. Really? Uh, yeah, we were on tour. He was uh, celebrating his birthday on tour. And I contacted our German record label 
um, to see if they could contact a medieval band who we knew of, um, friends of ours, who were over uh, in Germany and she did. And she, she went through the whole thing with them as far as like what, what we needed and what we, I was looking forward to. And, and so they presented that to Richie as a gift uh, in a German castle while he was having his, his birthday party that year. So that was one of his birthday gifts. Um, That's very cool. But some of the other, um, some of these other instruments, like I'll play all of the medieval woodwind double reed instruments or things like, um, Gems horn, which don't that doesn't have any read to it, um, you know, in recorders, penny whistles, things like that. So between the two of us, we kind of have this, uh, I don't want to say one man band kind of thing where you picture the guy, you know, playing absolutely everything with the with the drums attached to his feet and like the cymbals and things. That guy that used to walk down the street like in Mary Poppins. But um, we're we're pretty we're pretty good between the two of us because I could do the woodwinds and he could do the string stuff. And so we get a very full sound whether it's just the two of us playing on our deck outside to, you know, to the sunset or whether we're inside our, our house playing by the fireplace. Um, and then of course, all of those different instruments bring so many different textures and dimensions when we're going to record, um, you know, with, with our producer. So the producer usually handles a lot of the, the keyboard stuff or the electronica stuff. And uh, as far as all the rest of the stuff, it's, it's up to, Richie and myself. So we sit surrounded by all of these wooden instruments, like, let's try this one. Let's try. <laughs> it's always like a grab bag of different, different things. So we can, um, you know, just add different textures and different flavors and different colors to each one of the songs and see, see, see what really works on them. And, uh, and it's amazing. It's just, we're just having so much fun doing it. And I think all of that joy really, really shines through on a lot of, of the music that we're, we're making. Now, Live from Minstrel Hall, which is included on the, the second CD, I think that shows how good of a live band you guys are, as well as good in the studio. And I mean, this COVID must have really, you know, that it's, I mean, for all of us, of course, it was, it's been a nightmare, but for a band like Blackmore's Night, you guys are a touring band or a live band so must have you can't wait probably to get out there again oh my gosh well let me tell you last time we were on tour and the last night that we did it was complete magic i mean we were we had gone from doing i think it was five rainbow shows which was a, of course the other side of the the scale you know and so much fun and but but to the festivals and to i think it was like between 35 and 65,000 people in different venues and just amazing rock and roll vibe and then we took a couple of weeks off overseas and, and you know, rehearsed the band for Blackmore's Night and then went right into the Blackmore's Night tour. Um, and the last show that we did in as Blackmore's Night was in 2019, was at a place called um, Schloss Abenberg in Germany. Thousands of people, so many people dressed up in garb, this mm -hmm. amazing 12th century castle, like the, the walls, stone walls of the castle just kind of, you know, hugging around all the people and around the band and uh, the castle lit up underneath and you could, then that's really your backdrop. You don't need a backdrop when you have, you know, you're surrounded by that visual and the moon rising overhead, the sunset over the, over the, the fields out there and everyone just singing and dancing and laughing and having a, an amazing time. And we walked off that stage with such a high, you know, such a positive vibe. And it just was so amazing. Um, but Richie, you know, at that point, he was like, you know what, you almost can't beat that. He said, you know, let's, let's, um, maybe we should take, take a little bit of time off because we've done so much work, at, you know, over the summertime. And, um, and it's kind of, you know, 
we're all getting older. <laughs> He's getting older than most of us in the band. So um, he was like, maybe we'll take a little bit of time off and, and, you know, we'll go back, we'll write, we'll record and, and um, take some time off of touring for a little bit. But I had no idea the power that his words have, that he was going to shut the whole world down by wishing for that. <laughs> so I got to watch his wishes from now on because apparently they're incredibly powerful. But, you know, for him, it's been, he's, he's absolutely going stir crazy. Cause honestly, when you're, you've been on the road since you were 16 years old, every imagine. single year, can you imagine all of a sudden you're not allowed to go on the road and everything right. went down and there's so much fear and there's so much unknowing and there's so many now variants. And so we did a couple of live streams from our home, um, mm -hmm. one in May. And I think it was great. I'm not technologically based as I told you originally, but, um, you know, I, I tried, I was trying my best, but the amount of people in May of that year, when the, when the pandemic hit and we were all on lockdown, the amount of people that tuned in from around the world that we were able to bring our music to, and that were giving us, um, you know, so much love and so many incredible, great vibes from around the world. And, you know, we say we're all in it together, but we were all in it together at that moment with, with hope, you know, and with, um, with just, positivity and knowing that we weren't alone, even though we were all locked into our homes and uh, there was so much fear out there. When we were in that musical moment and we did it for a couple of hours, it, it was just what an escape from the craziness as to what was going on in the world. It was just beautiful. And then we did another one, I think a, a month later through um, Channel 12 News uh, here on Long Island. They asked us to participate in one of their, their live streaming things. So we did that as well. Um, but now that things are starting to calm down a little bit, which is great, we keep talking to our agent and it's it's almost like that when are you getting back on the road thing keeps getting pushed off because with all of the, mm -hmm. the variants or the countries being shut down, it used to be, and I'm sure you'll know back in the day, <laughs> I would say that BC before COVID, right? Mm -hmm. back in the, that if you were sick when you were on the road, you had, you know, a cup of hot tea, you took some Robitussin or, or, you know, whatever you needed to, to get decongestants going on and, and, you know, and you rested. And then when you had to get on stage, you kicked yourself in the butt, you powered through, and then you went back to your room and you tried to sleep it off, or you saw a local doctor that the promoter would, you know, would send to your room and you could power through it and you had to power through it. These days, anybody comes down with symptoms, you got to quarantine. And it doesn't matter if it's the sound guy and it doesn't matter if it's the bass player or if it's Richie, like anybody who is involved everybody needs to quarantine and separate. And then you're down for 10 days. And, and what do you do if you're in another country and you've got another show in another country, like everything shuts down. It's a domino effect. So when talking to our agent, even though he was saying last year that this year in fall would have been perfect. He just, you know, we keep pushing it off further and further. Cause now we're like, what about now? He's like, well, now they're saying maybe spring of next year. Well, now there's, it, it's just such a crazy time. So I don't know. He, Richie's definitely climbing the walls. He loves performing. We both love, you know, performing. Um, but you, you have to weigh the safety issues and and all the rest of the this, the craziness that's out there too. When are you actually going to be able to get back on a plane and go to some of these countries or go to some of these venues and be able to play for people again? In I mean, it's not just your performance; it's the crowd too. Like you said, they get very festive. They dress up. They oh, yeah really get into it. It's like one big party. Yes. Uh, 
And that's what I always love is looking out into the audience and seeing, I love when we're, you know, when we're with new people and I always say we're the most famous band no one's ever heard of because we still like fly under the radar, but people, you know, when they find us, they usually, it's like that old commercial. They tell two people who tell two people who, tell, and, and so it's really a grassroots sort of thing, which we much prefer because that's, that's the truth of the situation. That's the honesty. It's not what you hear on the radio. That's kind of played a thousand times in one day. And then you're kind of brainwashed with, oh, I know the words of this, so I must like it. It's like, no, you've just heard it a thousand times. And then finally you get sick of it. And then, you know, then it's passe. For us, we're never passe because we're never truly quote unquote in, you know, we're not trendy. We're just, we kind of just have this constant, which is beautiful. And more people get added to the fan base every year. And, um, and I think that's, that's just so, so much more of a, you know, of an honest way to, to go, it's almost like a Grateful Dead following, you know, like we go back to uh, to the hippie times, you know, or to the 60s where you could just spread the word by mouth and and sit there and like listen to record players. And and it's, it's it just feels right doing it this way instead of, you know, having it plastered everywhere in your face. We just, we really enjoy kind of the slow growth and, and having that honest, uh, the honesty of the music and, and the fan base that we have has been amazing and fabulous and worldwide. It's just great. Mm-hmm. Now, being in the Christmas spirit, I asked you to pick five songs, your favorite five Christmas songs. And maybe after each one, you can, you know, just briefly describe why you think it's so great. Um, You picked Faith Hill, Where Are You Christmas? They're very very strange, different songs that I picked, right? Like it's not your typical Christmas songs you would have thought of. Yes, that that was, I heard that when I was driving years ago, I, I didn't know who it was and I didn't know it was attached to a movie. I just, there was something in that song that was so solemn, but so hopeful. And still to this day, I think that that song, even though it's not a traditional Christmas song, it's not everybody hanging out around the Christmas tree and bringing joy and happiness. It's, it's there's something to it in its um, solitude, I think, and in its hopefulness that really shines through with the beauty of the season. And I think her voice for it is, it's just perfect the way that it builds and uh, it still has that amazing ray. I could just almost see like this ray of, of like a star, one star shining like at the top of the Christmas tree, just illuminating the world in, in the hopefulness of finding that perfect, you know, feeling of Christmas. And, and towards the end, I think it's really that she finds it. And it's, it's just a beautiful song. And I love the way it was approached. I love the way it was, um, it was done. Even before I knew anything about the song, I heard it and just was mesmerized by it, listening to it on the radio as I was driving one very dark Christmas night, it, it just illuminated my path. And I, I still have that same feeling when I listen to it today. Now, Greg Lake, who you might have met, I don't know, um, I believe in Father Christmas. Yes, that is another song. I was, um, that's one of Richie's favorites as well. I never met Greg Greg Lake, but Richie's played with him in the past. And um, Richie actually was unfamiliar with that particular song. And when I played that song for him, because again, it was just one of those things I'm listening to on the radio as I'm driving and, uh, and found, you know, heard him and it's so different. And, you know, we, we always have a tendency to stay away or not stay away from, but I feel like we hear so many of the, 
the people doing these happy, snappy Christmas songs, you know, like I, I say that in my hands are doing jazz hands as I'm saying it, I know you can't see me, but, and, and those songs are great for, you know, for people, but for us, it's, it's just, there are these certain songs that really just hit your soul that really hit home with you. And Greg's voice in that song, it's just so big and the instrumentation of it again, and then coming home and playing this virtue and going, have you ever heard this song? And he never, believe it or not, even though he's known Greg for forever, um, he had never heard of the song before. So we kind of discovered it together. And it's just a perfect, beautiful, amazing Christmas song that I feel like sometimes gets overlooked at this time of year because we always go to the, the traditional things, but it's, it's just another timeless beauty. Now, I've never heard this one. New World Renaissance Band, Drive the Cold Winter Away. Yes, that band is run by um, Owen Fife. He was a very close friend of ours. Uh, actually, if you like the purest stuff, you should look into this band because I think you'll rediscover a whole world of amazing music. He was a very prominent uh, minstrel on the Renaissance Fair circuit and just an absolute favorite of anyone who's, who's heard his voice. Um, he, we actually, Richie and I went to Arizona one year, many years ago, probably, I want to say 20 years ago or so. And we just heard this balladeer standing there completely dressed in the authentic garb and just standing there playing his, it wasn't even a guitar. It was like a smaller, almost like a parlor guitar, but it looked like it had been on the road with him forever, just, you know, battered and bruised. And it's just, you know, very road weary, but the sounds, the pure sounds that came out of Owen's voice and that guitar together, it, he just, I mean, if you've ever been to a Renaissance fair, there's so much madness and mayhem going on and it's so fun. And then you wander down, you know, down one of these dirt paths and in the corner, there's Owen Fife just playing with a small group of people who have completely been enchanted just by the magic of his voice. And he had that power. Um, we actually were so enamored with his voice and his personality. And, uh, and then we met his wife and um, we all went out to dinner and we actually took him on the road with us throughout Germany where he opened for us one year. And we learned so many things about um, different songs from him. Um, he actually introduced us to a song uh, that he had done in its purest form. And I'm not going to mangle it by, it was a French song done by King Richard the Lionheart. And we actually took that song and made it into our song, um, The Spinner's Tale. But, and even Health to the Company, we never heard of before Owen did Health to the Company. And so there's so many songs that he had done. And he actually came to our wedding and performed in full-on minstrel garb. And so many people at our wedding who'd never heard of him before were just enamored with him. It's it really a gift to, to this world. So if anybody uh, is interested in, in songs that, that really kind of put a spell on you and, and really make you feel like you're, you are stepping back in the day, but in, in pure form, it's Owen's Fife's voice will, will definitely be able to do that for you. He passed away a few years ago. So um, I have a little bit of melancholy in, in mentioning him, but, but the gift that he gave to this world just, just keeps on giving. Up to check it out. Yeah. Now the next one you mentioned is a favorite of mine since I've been a kid. Huh? Snoopy's Christmas Christmas bell by the <laughs> Royal Guardsmen. And that's, <laughs> I still listen to it to this day. I love the original vinyl release of it. Um, yes. The whole thing about it is it's fun. It's still fun. It was fun as a kid. 
I think it's still fun now. Let me tell you, I, I would be remiss if I left that off my list. And I'll tell you why. When I first met Richie in 1989 and I went up to his house and he had, Richie is always, we always had these big giant Christmas parties every single year. And it's one of those, you know, friends bring friends who bring friends. And I'm like, who is that person in my kitchen? I don't even know them. You know, there's like so many people in the house. It's just packed. Um, he spends weeks decorating the house and and that's really, then it takes us a whole year to recover from that party, which is why we can only really do it once a year. <laughs> but, um, but we have such a great time. To, we actually have at our wedding, we had 60 people. We have double that at our Christmas party. <laughs> so it gives you just kind of an, an idea as to how we run these Christmas parties. They're just so fun. But the thing is that every year and ever since I met him in 1989 at the original Christmas party that I went to with him, he, um, that is his go-to Christmas song. So we have a, a medieval dungeon pub downstairs in our, our basement or the lower level here, which is completely done up like a European dungeon-esque type of, of bar or pub. And um, everybody gathers down there and Richie plays this song sporadically, but repeatedly throughout the whole entire night. And some of these songs have wound, I mean, some of these, these nights have wound up finally ending in us kicking people out at like 9 a.m. You know, like it's it's one of those all-nighters that go forever. But um, the amount of times that you will hear that song at our Christmas parties to the point where we print out the chorus on paper and hand them out to people so everyone sings together. And Richie has a bell, like one of those bells, like for the end of the night where you ring the bell. Um, he's He's like just ringing the bell constantly through the percussive parts of <laughs> this song. Everybody gets so involved with it. So anytime that I hear that song on the radio, I have a, or, or anytime I hear that song anywhere, I have a big smile on my face because I can instantly put myself at any of our Christmas parties at any point throughout the night of the hundred times that he's, he plays it throughout the night. And everybody just has such a great time and it's, it's so much fun and it's such a great Christmas song for this time of year. And, um, you know, it just brings so much joy and so much happiness. So we, we get a lot of play out of that song and a lot of appreciation for that one and for making so many memories to it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And your last one is snowman by rainbow. I, yeah, that's right. I said that that was like my, my bonus pick <laughs> to say that. But um, again, one of those songs that just puts you in that it's so ethereal and just hearing Richie's wailing guitar on it. I know other people have, have, you know, done that song. He actually likes to go back to the original, not the one that he's done, but the original one where he got the inspiration of first discovering that song with the little child singing over it. And it's so haunting because just that, that perfect child's very, very high falsetto voice. And um, it just really puts you in that, that snow falling down type of magical place back in, in you know, the moments, even seeing through, th through your own eyes as, as a child. I always say the most innocent moments are seeing through a child's eyes and, and um, that flying snowman. I don't know if you ever saw the visual of the original snowman, but the snowman holding onto the child and they just fly throughout the air with the snow falling down and, and the beauty of that song is just, it's incredible. So, um, so of course I always have to have to, you know, give it to Richie for, for kind of, you know, putting his incredible guitar over it. But that song is, it's, it's just beautiful in its original version too. It's, it's just captivating. Now, if you had to choose a favorite off of winter carols, is, is there one? 
Oh man, that is so, you know, that that's like trying to choose your favorite child, <laughs> Oh man. And I only have two, so that's hard enough. You, know? <laughs> you did, you did name a few. You said Christmas Eve and Emmanuel. Um, you did mention those. Yeah. Um, I could uh-huh. see Emmanuel, like you said, the ethereal uh, vocals and, uh, you know, Christmas Eve as well. I think, like I said, uh, the new one, um, here we come a caroling is definitely uh, I think a great Christmas song yeah not just by you guys but just in general I love that song I love and Richie he really introduced me to that but um and and you see here's my problem every time I go definitely this song is my favorite and then the next track comes on and I go oh <laughs> you know what <laughs> definitely this one and it just depends on like you know how I'm feeling at that moment but um you know one of the ones I always keep going back to I mean Christmas Eve just for me is something we need to hear like in the house and my friends you know and everybody I talk to and a lot of the fans are just like if I don't hear that song it's not Christmas like you know they love and we did a German version of it and we did um like more of an upbeat version but for me it's always going back to the original one that we did I think back in 2006 when it was just the original version of Christmas Eve and uh, more acoustic and it's just such a good feeling song so I kind of bounce back and forth between that um and I love the way the Good King Wenceslas came out Mm. adding that extra little the ooh part it's um uh it's like it's like that that whole um there's like a, a whole different almost like a traveling sort of um thing going through through the woods and through the snow and um i i love that extra part that we added to it and it really fit in perfectly with the rest of that and and the whole story i love story songs you know so that whole idea of the story song and how it builds is uh i love the way that 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 one came out but yeah again don't make me choose don't make me choose Just have everybody listen to the whole album and choose it themselves <laughs> well thank you so much and have a great holidays. Thank great you. Great Christmas. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. It's so good All talking right. to you. Have a great Christmas, Patrick. You too. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Candice. Merry Christmas to you and Richie and all your family. And hope to see Blackmore's Night on the Road in 2022. And listeners, Winter Carols really is a splendid Christmas album, especially this year's expanded edition. So pick it up. This is Patrick Prince editor of Goldmine Magazine. Don't forget to go to goldminemag.com for exclusive content. Go and pick up the print edition at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million for even further content. And don't forget to shop at our Goldmine store where you can pick up vinyl and collectibles at shop.goldminemag.com. We'll see you next time on the Goldmine Podcast. Cheers. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 